TMJ4 Chief Political Reporter Charles Benson is with us. Charles, good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. Hey, I've been waiting to talk to you to sort through some of this map situation, the legislative maps. And it's fascinating. I'm going to start at the most current development, which is we have not yet heard from the governor. But Republicans passed maps that were the boundaries that he wanted. Where do we stand today, Charles, with whether or not these will become law? Well, on the brink of history here, uh, with a historic decision on getting some new legislative maps after this uh, epic battle over gerrymandering or the maps being unfair or their maps not being constitutional. I mean, John, I've covered Wisconsin politics for nearly 40 years, and I've seen some extraordinary days at the state capitol. And this week there was another one. Uh, Just think about it. How many conversations you and I have had about the legislative maps and all the talk about whether they're fair and why, you know, Republicans have such a big majority and, uh, you know, are they partisan? Are they gerrymandered? Look at all the topics or times you've talked about it. Lawmakers have talked about it. It goes before the state Supreme Court. We've even seen these maps battled out in the U.S. Supreme Court. Yet on Tuesday, it all came down to this quick, fairly quiet and quick moment where Republicans said, Okay. Republicans saying, okay, governor, Democratic governor, we'll take your maps, the maps that you put in front of the state Supreme Court as the ones that they think uh, he believes should be the maps for the uh, general election here coming up in 2024. And then have hardly any floor fight on this. There was some in the uh, Senate, but none in the Assembly. The only person who spoke was the Assembly Speaker, Robin Voss, who pretty much said to the Democrats, you won. Congratulations. I mean, those are not words you often hear from the longest serving speaker in the state assembly history. It was an extraordinary day. And then on top of that, you only had one Democrat in the assembly and one Democrat in the Senate to agree with the maps that the governor is proposing. I mean, it just was you just had to step back from this moment and say, wow, look at what happened here. So, Charles, this was a huge wow and a big win for Governor Evers. But let's look at why. Why did the Republicans approve these maps? What was their strategy? So I think part of the strategy, at least the one laid out by Speaker Voss, is that I think they believe that given what is in front of the state Supreme Court, which is now a liberal-leaning court with other options of other maps, that these maps by the governor look the best to Republicans in terms of uh, a competitive election for them and a chance to still maybe hold on to the majority. I think Democrats looked at it and said, you know what? We might actually get better maps out of the state Supreme Court, so let's hold back. The other key part of this is the general distrust between Democrats and Republicans. You know, there were people uh, in the assembly, lawmakers, who just still, and even on the floor, I mean, Chris Larson, the senator, saying, I don't trust you guys on this. I'm voting no. There wasn't any trust that this really was the end game. They still think uh, there is another 
chess move here, legal chess move here by the uh, Republicans to somehow, even after they pass these maps, that there will be a legal challenge to them. So they didn't see it, they being Democrats, as the end game here. And we still don't know if it is, because keep in mind, Governor Evers did say he would pass or sign into law his maps if they were passed without any changes. Now, the lines and the districts that he all drew, there are no changes. But there was one little thing that came into play here, and that is they're saying that the new maps do not go into place until the general election. We got a primary in uh, August and then the general election in November. But the the thought is, what happens between now and then if there's a recall, if there's a special election? Well, they threw in that those elections would happen under the old maps, which technically are now unconstitutional based on the Supreme Court. So that was the little bit at the end there that Democrats also didn't like. TMJ Force Charles Benson is with us. Charles, I wanted to ask you about Mike Gallagher. We've had the congressman on the show many, many times. He surprised people by announcing that he would not run for re-election. Many people think he's a rising star. He has not spoken about this, and he's not gone into any detail. What do you know about Mike Gallagher's decision to leave the U.S. Congress? Well, actually, you know, he did issue that statement. And, right. he, you know, he believes that, it, that somehow he had come to this realization that was now was the time uh, to leave Congress, but it was a surprise. I mean, it comes here in February, uh, you know, so whoever now runs for that seat will really have to ramp up pretty quickly. So I think the surprise here was the timing, because remember, John, we talked about it last year. Uh, there was a lot of thought that he should uh, people were hoping he would run for the U.S. Senate, thought he would be a great candidate. And at one point last year, he said, nope, not going to run uh, for the U.S. Senate seat because I'm going to stay focused on my congressional district and seek reelection. Now, all of this comes after he was one of just three House Republicans to vote no to impeach Homeland Security Mayorkas. And he got a lot of blowback on that. He got a lot of pushback on that issue. And so people are looking at the timing of saying no to impeachment to him saying, no, I'm not going to seek reelection. He claims he's not tying the two together there, but that's where we are when we look at the timing of his decision. The question now is, what is next? You mentioned he is a rising star, and I think a lot of people in the Republic, Republican Party see that. So I'm wondering what is next for him. Certainly has a lot of talent and experience that will find a great opportunity. But what would bring him back into politics? When is that moment? And would he ever come back knowing um, just how rough the road can always be in day-to-day uh, -day politics, whether it's in Washington or back here in the state of Wisconsin. Well, Charles, it seems just quickly that he was voting his conscience. Being one of three, he's not going with the, you know, the majority. And that is um, a, a crisis also of uh, maybe confidence in uh, would I get the support I need in this ultra-right coalition. Yeah, sure. It, it's, you know, certainly a maverick move, but in a day, this day and age where you need to be lockstep with the party, all fall in line. You know, if, if everybody is for impeaching in your party, then everybody needs to fall in, in line. I, I think he's always had 
uh, a sense of some independence. And by the way, on the impeachment vote, he's saying he's the only one who's consistent. He didn't think uh, it was right to impeach President back uh, around the January 6th event. He doesn't think this is the right. He didn't think it was the right solution. Not that he supports the Homeland Security or the Biden administration and what they're doing around border security. Uh, in fact, he feels just the opposite. He just didn't think that this country needs to get into some perpetual motion about let's impeach every time we don't like someone or want to do something. Charles Benson is anchor and chief political reporter at TMJ4. Thank you, Charles. Always appreciate it. You're welcome.